0: Welcome to Coach Your Brains Out, the show that explores learning from the top minds in volleyball and beyond. With your hosts, John Mayer, Billy Allen, Andrew Fuller, and Nils Nielsen. This is part two of our conversation with Georgia University coach Tom Black and Miami Dolphins tight end coach Shane Day. So with
1: with this method of of coaching with game-like reps and random reps, it seems like, and especially when you're pushing people to change their technique, frustrations a pretty common theme and something that comes a lot, up a lot. Do you think um, frustration limits learning, or is it a necessary part of it? And and do you guys think? Do you guys have like kind of cures for frustration, or do you try to uh, get rid of it so they can get onto learning
2: faster? Uh, I don't have a cure for frustration. Yeah, Dang I, think it. I think we. Uh, I think we all feel it. Like that's part of being in the gap. I mean the. Again, it's not the cure. I think the method is, you know, empathy and, and connecting with the emotion and uh, helping teach them through it. Because you know, as as coaches, we're going to feel frustration if we're pushing our abilities also. Um, uh, but I I do think, I mean, Billy John, you guys can correct me. You're you're living it as players, but I do think it's possible to push yourself and not feel frustration to really understand the process and to know that it's going to pay off. I don't think I think it's hard to do that all the time, but I do think as a learner, you can. You can get to the point where you start feeling yourself on the edge and know that it's going to lead to a really good place and to and to kind of almost be grateful to be in there. But uh, what do you guys think?
0: I think uh, a practice or two, no problem. I'm going through a whole season with Shane. <laughs> 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 it gets a little tougher. Fair enough.
3: I, I will say this. The one thing that I found with frustration that, that we really dove deep into this year was we really tried to apply – mindfulness in the tight end room yeah. and that did help us a lot. Yeah. Um because if you can everyone's gonna feel frustration, but if you can let it go in one second instead of five minutes or an entire practice, I think it really helps speed up the learning curve.
2: Yeah. I think also too, I think if you're if you feel like you're circling on the same task all season long, I mean you have every right to be frustrated, you know, for sure that something's going wrong, you know, either in the teaching or the learning or both. Um But if the target keeps moving in a direction that allows you to perform higher and higher and higher, I mean, you can't do that without pushing yourself. Um, And I I don't know if you guys have ever felt like that. Like you've been able to, even though it's kind of a windy road, you feel like the target keeps moving up. You've been able to keep pushing yourself. And Have you you guys had any experience like that in the game?
0: Johnny? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Um, not.
1: Yeah, no, uh, clarify that. What do you mean by that?
2: Uh For hitting you know, for example, like it or any any skill you know if you felt like uh you're working through something there's some frustration, but you you got that task down and that opened up new possibilities to the game, then you started working on something else, and you felt the same discomfort, but it was a new task, and you kind of remember that, oh, I felt this before, this is just what the learning feels like, you know, and then you you conquer that, and then there's another task you. Know? Um, where the, the, tar- you, you, feel the same frustration of being in the gap, the same challenges of being, uh, being uncomfortable, but the target keeps moving up.
1: Oh yeah. No, for sure. You you feel that. And I think that's the time you want to kind of like when you're going through it again, you reflect on it. Like, all right, I like right. I've experienced this before. I, I know, uh, I know what it feels like to be, uh, um, really frustrated and not be able to perform the way I want to, but I know if I stay with it and I stay mindful about it, then I can get to a place where I'll I'll be better. So and then I think having like the support system around is the biggest part. Like I think Tommy yeah. really helped me a ton with that. But um I think it's easy uh to to lose track of that and just kind of live in your frustration and not not see the light at the end of the tunnel if you don't yeah. have that support.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Have you guys um had players who don't buy into it? Like say the mindfulness stuff or the growth mindset, they don't want to read books, they don't want to hear lectures about the brain, they just want to side out or they just want to hit people really hard. What do you guys <laughs> do with that?
2: I started the last one, Shane. You go on.
3: <laughs> well, I've been very fortunate. I haven't had anybody that's, I mean, they, they may or may not have bought into everything, but they have not really like come at me and said that they haven't. Everyone's been pretty open. I mean, and I think on all those things, the growth mindset and mindfulness like they see pretty quickly how that helps them. Um, And especially when you're trying to connect it, you know, to football or to volleyball, like they see that right away. Like they see that when their emotions are out of control, they've lost three or four plays because they're seeing red. Um, So once they see the possibility and then they practice a little bit and they can eliminate that, I think there's pretty buy-ins pretty fast. And growth mindset, I think, I think the theory and the concept, I mean, once you explain it, it's pretty obvious that that's true um it's just a matter of getting to that place i think that takes a lot longer but for the most part everybody i've talked to has pretty much seen those as as factual things
2: yeah i i, I like it to be an organic process because i mean that's that's how it is for me and i mean john and billy i mean i've seen you guys over the years i mean the way you guys approach your craft now is you know so much deeper and you know more focused than it was you know five six years ago but Uh, you know, it's slowly built as you guys have like continued to learn stuff. And, you know, it's the same for me. I mean, I I learned so much about mindfulness from Shane and I can see I'm just scratching the surface. I have so much further to go, but it's, you know, it's, it's me diving into it and adding different pieces of that into my life and and, and into my coaching. And and that's kind of how I want it to be for my players. I mean, you can't, you can't just dump it all on them, but once you show them a little bit and how it helps, then hopefully they start looking for more and you start attaching it to other things. So I think it's, uh, you know, it's got to be an organic process for them just like it is for us
1: what about with um say when you've been with the program a number of years do you do you feel like like say for your seniors like they've heard this message maybe four years in a row and the freshman it's their first time hearing it how do you kind of balance that or, or is it always just fresh stuff in the in like a college setting yeah yeah i just wonder like like I feel like oh well they've heard like i've given this growth mindset kind of talk before like are the seniors just sick of hearing about this yeah and the freshmen have like a completely different perspective they have no no experience with it so like i guess how do you how do you introduce that or present that stuff in a group setting
2: well i think that's the point it's not about the talk it's about how it applies to you individually so I, i don't think it's about you know this this lecture that you give you know it's about uh how this applies to the freshmen, how it applies to the seniors and hopefully the seniors, you know, have reached, a have reached a certain maturity with it, that the freshmen want to be that, you know, and, and, uh, they're attracted to it and they want to learn more. Um, so obviously, I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna introduce your core values. You're going to introduce what the program's about. I mean, you definitely have to do that, but, uh, what mindfulness is for that senior who's been in your program four years is hopefully you know at a different level than what it is for that freshman coming in and that's that's why it's interesting i mean you're talking about mindfulness for all four years or you're talking about hitting and passing and learning but what learning means to you from day one to day 2000 is is way more nuanced way more subtle and that's that's why the same topic stays really really interesting you know that's why coaching never gets old i think i don't know what do you think shane
3: no yeah i agree 100 percent. i mean i think you hit the nail on the head i mean that's Gosh, and you're
2: saying things, man. That I know. I've just been waiting my whole life.
3: This really <laughs> happens. But um It's false confidence. Yeah, yeah, seriously. False fix. Um Yeah, but I agree. And their and the lecture part, like there's not really a lecture, like, right? Like it's a five to me at least, like it's a five minute introduction. Like, okay, here's the growth mindset, this is what it means very quickly. And then you're just pointing to it the rest of the time. So like, you know, the like I don't have seniors and all that, but I'll have guys that have been with me for two years, guys that have been with me three years or one year, they're new to the program. Like they hear me use the term, I define it quickly. And then it's just going to come up like, hey, this is not growth mindset. You've got to take chances. You're playing safe. You've got to do this. Or, hey, this is why we're doing mindfulness right here. You just got this personal foul. You hit this guy. Like you can't, this is going to cost us a game. You can't <laughs> do this. And so like once you introduce the concept, I think it's more of just, it's naturally and organically going to come up. Because guys are going to get mad, and they're going to have emotions. I mean, that's that's part of the game. So I, I think it's just you keep dealing with it. And then obviously the guys that are newer that don't have the technique as, as well as the other guys, like you're going to have more opportunities to coach that. Like one-on-one, you're going to pull them to the side all the time. Like, hey, what happened on that series? And, and a lot of times they'll come back, and they know. They know the problem. They know, i got to work on this. i got to get better at this because I lost my cool. Or, hey, this guy took a cheap shot, and then I was trying to get him back for the seven, last seven plays, and I forgot what I was supposed to do and all that stuff. So it kind of organically occurs.
1: It kind of, and maybe this goes back to like the sky is green for them and blue for (laughs) you. But, but like for you guys, you're, you know, 20 years in or, you know, you've been studying motor learning or growth mindset for a long time. And then you are day three with one of your athletes is like, how are you able to be on the same level or how are you able to kind of talk Mm -hmm. the same language with them so that, you can be moving them towards a direction that's beneficial for them.
2: I mean, I, I mean, I appreciate what you're saying, but like, I, I'm on a really low level with this stuff. I mean, I I talked to Adam O'Neill about mindfulness or Shane or you know, uh, lots of other people, and they're just so far. But I mean, there's I mean, just so. But it's a way know, higher I'm level just,
1: than a college freshman.
2: Yeah. So I think we're just in it together, and I just you just listen to them and you you assess where they're at. Like you know, it's a skill, just like anything else. So I mean, yeah, it's just like. Hitting. I mean, I, you just assess where they're at and see where you can help, and and start on that first step, you know. And it's uh, so if uh, you know, if it's just no concept of mindfulness whatsoever, no interest, no, you know, then you just try to get them to slow down for a minute and look at you, you know, and then focus on the conversation, you know, and you just start there, you know. If it's uh, if they're a lot more inclined, then maybe you talk about breathing, you know, and uh, yeah, you just kind of go from there. But I also think, you know, kind of what you're talking about, how do you introduce this as day one? You know, it's there's just a lot of power and like, you know, Hey, like I was, you know, this is me, the coach talking. I I was, I was trying to meditate and my mind was racing and I couldn't, I couldn't really get focused. You know, have you ever felt like that? And then the player says, yeah, I feel like that all the time, you know, and then you kind of connect and you guide them through your own struggles. And that, that's just where you're going through it together. And I think that's way more powerful than any script. And, when you when you go through it together like that, again, it's just really easy to assess where you think they're at and where you can help, and it can happen kind of organically. But, but again, I, I see a lot of this from Shane. I mean, he does this with me all the time when he's trying to help pull me out of my <laughs> low levels. So, <laughs> so Tom's like a yeah, right. college freshman. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, it's interesting because like like I don't like motor learning. Like I don't explicitly talk about that very much with the players unless someone's getting very frustrated and then i try to explain it to them it's more like that's how i structure the meetings and that's how i structure the drills like they're just built that way and so i don't go into a lot of principles unless i can really feel the frustration or if a guys pushing back like he's like i don't want to do this i want to do a a, like last year i had somebody talking about hey you know in different sports there there's more part like they'll do this little piece of a movement and then they'll graduate to a full movement and then that's an opportunity to say, okay, well that's not really true. Like if you look at the science, this is what it says. Like let's come by my office and let's talk about this topic, and we'll talk about it for five minutes. But like I don't, I very rarely go into like motor learning principles explicitly with the players at all. It's just how everything is built.
2: And this this might not be right, but I I think you're sounding a little short. The, when I came into your your meeting and saw you work with the tight ends for the fifteen minutes you had, there those guys were fired up and they and i had multiple comments from them that they knew you were going to put them in the exact situation they needed to get good at in a game and they were going to be ready and and they were fired up for that session of practice and i think and again i think that's part of being an elite athlete i think they know when something's bs and when something's going to get them ready and uh i think they they understood you know we're maybe I, i think we're on a lower level um you might have to have more of that talk, but it, it seemed, and again, I may be, you know, your players a million times better. I'm just telling you what I perceive when I came in there, but there was, there was a high level of excitement for those guys to go from the meeting room into, into the, onto the field and to get after the games. And you, you, I mean, you had it scored and you had it ready. They, they knew that they were going to need those moves and they were going to get to practice them in the exact setting that they needed to.
3: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I just, i just it just organically happens like hey here's how you're here's how we're gonna block and then yeah. they go out and do it and then we talk about it and then we watch the film and then we get better at it but yeah no they definitely know and they know it's i think intuitively they know that that helps them get to where they need to be a lot faster
2: yeah
0: so when it comes to applying this mindfulness and stuff like i've had moments in like big pressure games where i feel myself <laughs> slipping into that seeing red and like i realize it like i've you know learned a lot in this podcast and reading books and I'm telling myself, you know, detach, like reframe this as a challenge, but I don't like reach enlightenment suddenly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I guess like Shane's field too. Yeah. I guess like, how do I, how do you apply this stuff in the moment in those high pressure situations? Uh, Shane, you got any magic tricks for me or like, how do I, you know, how do you get your guys, get your guys out of this?
3: Dude, you just practice. Like, I -hmm. lost my – I was just talking to my wife. I lost my crap in the office today. Like, at the very end, I was going on this long rant. And, like, you just – (laughs) you practice. You just keep practicing. Like, it's a 24-step set. like, if you set an intent, hey, I'm going to work on my mindfulness, then every second of the day is an opportunity. And you're going to have ups and downs, and you just keep monitoring the situation. And you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. But if you're aware of it and you're focused on trying to get better at it, it, eventually it will come. But it is a long practice. It's not – uh, you know, half a season. It's not one season. It's not two seasons. It's not three years. It's not 10 years. You just have to keep working at it. And I think the more you can do it in every aspect of your life, you know, whether it's, you know, I get a lot of mindfulness practice with my wife. I mean, she gives me a lot of practice. I mean, she makes me really pissed <laughs> sometimes. And my daughter, my six-year-old daughter, mindfulness all day long. So I mean, if you work on it in those situations, it'll trans- it'll transfer over into the high-pressure situations that you're talking about when you have to have your best performance. But I think it's just being, just being aware and setting an intent, hey, I'm just going to keep working on this. And I'm going to have good days. I'm going to have bad days. Don't judge it. Just keep working on it. And eventually, you'll, you'll, ha- you'll set a new baseline, and you'll get better each week, each year. It, it just keeps getting better and better. But it is a lot of practice. It doesn't happen overnight. And even when you, as soon as you think you've got it, you're going to have a really bad day and you're going to realize that there's still a lot, of, a lot of work to be done.
2: I think that's huge. And I've, again, I've learned a ton from Shane on that. And then the other thing I'd be wondering, Bill, is how many times do you feel you get to that emotional state in practice?
0: Yeah, rarely ever.
2: So it's kind of hard. Well, you know, so if something feels new, and again, that goes back to the very first question we started with, with, with being game-like. So if, so if we put someone in a blocked, Drill. If they were just in single fly line hitting balls, right, and then you put them in a game, like how are they possibly supposed to feel confident, right? And I feel like emotions are very similar. If if practice never pushes you to that point or challenge, and then you feel it in a game, like how can you expect that athlete to like, oh yeah, I know exactly what what to do. That that to me is one of the challenges of practice, like you know, mentally, emotionally, physically. You know, can can we get to the states that we get in a game? Because the more we do it, the more ready we're going to feel.
0: Yeah, maybe we need to like bet more money on practice.
2: John just has to get you angrier. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Next time I'm in a, a final and I'm just be like, dang it, my wife wasn't <laughs> aggravating me enough this last month to prepare me for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it.
2: I'm excited to see that conversation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> By focusing so much on the process and the outcome in practice, does that take away any of uh, the competitiveness in practice? Because I'm like, I know I'm going to make mistakes. I'm okay with it. And I have uh, less pressure than I would in a game like if i'm looking at it so process oriented and i get blocked by trevor or something i'm just kind of like oh this 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 i'm i did this is what i did wrong like okay i'll fix it next time it doesn't really like sting or do you think you should kind of bring that same kind of like competitiveness to practice where i like take it personally um or on the flip side it should be more like that in a game where i'm a little bit more like evaluating it rather than like angry cuz i made a mistake
2: well, i mean i think you want to behave and practice how you want to behave in the game and i think uh like the process and the result are, are linked right i mean the, the result the result is your feedback for for what the process was like and i think the challenge in learning is not to take that result personally right which is really hard under competition so if you get blocked uh if you get blocked in a match it could be really easy to, to go like i suck or oh, he thinks he's better than me or i'm gonna lose you know like but none of those are learning statements those are all just you know, real emo- very understandable. you know, I've done it, you've done it, we've all done it, but it, but you don't learn a lot from those statements. So I think the challenge is I got blocked, I was under the ball, I didn't have any range. He he really clamped me. Okay, I need to start slow and stay behind this ball. Like that that's a good learning process. So I mean if you can make those reps in practice mean as much to you in the game and then learn from each rep in practice, like you can take those exact thoughts into the game. So I think I think the process and the results are linked and I think the challenge is how do I take that feedback of the result and just tie it right into my learning loop and get better for the next one, which is obviously easier said than done. But the more you can do that, the more you can stay in the moment and just keep getting better at each point, you know, ideally. Uh, what do you think Shane? Oh, was there a snarky response there or what? No,
0: no, no, no. I was going to say, so in a, no, fi- in a final, it should still be like a learning environment.
2: Well,
0: yeah, i I've sometimes never, I differentiate it where I'm like, okay, this is practice. I'm learning, I'm building, I'm preparing. Okay, now here's the game.
2: I I definitely understand the difference between learning. Okay, I'm really learning a new skill, and I'm not worried about the score right now. And then competing. I understand that, but I don't understand why learning and competing are exclusive. Like, because if you think about it, why why would you want to go through a match and not learn anything? Like, I, I don't understand how it's better to just compete. Like, I don't see how you can compete as well as possible if you're not learning through that match, right? I mean, if like why if you're yeah, you know, if if you have an approach and you're kind of going and it's a real windy day and you don't learn to slow down a little bit through that match like why why would you not want to learn that I, I think i think they're tied i think if you're open to learning and getting better each rep i think you can compete much much better but what do you guys think
3: yeah i would agree with what you're saying and i think you really learn the most in a in a game in a match right, right. because that that's when you're emotional when you're at your highest peak like you you not only have to do the technical stuff, but you have to manage emotions, right? And you have to, the right. swing, it's, re- it's real. Like, it's not practice. You're not just learning. Like, you're going to lose the match if you have bad hits. Like, it's, and I think that's where real learning occurs because now you have to add that extra element in, which is, we say you want it to be like practice to be like that, but it, it's very difficult to get it practice is. to have that heightened response. You know, like, we had an interesting thing. I was going to mention this earlier when we were talking about this conversation a little bit, but, We had we had some guys when I was at uh, the Washington Redskins, we brought in some guys from the Navy SEALs, you know, and when they do their training, like they're very growth mindset, but they have like people on the outside screaming and yelling at them so that they learn to deal with those kind of combat emotions to make it real. Like in a lot of times I get that naturally in football because everyone's yelling and screaming, head coaches and coordinators and everybody's they don't have the growth mindset so they really get to experience that and they have to be able to deal with that and not lose their emotions from that aspect too and i think that's really important i think like mm-hmm. a lot of coaches that you know we may not agree with their methods but they that players learned to instinctually deal with very tough circumstances from the head coach because of how he treats players yeah. you know he's very tough on them he makes a game like like The practices are way harder because you're afraid you're going to make a mistake and you have to deal with that psychologically and still have the growth mindset, which is easy in football because most, most people that other than me, it seems like have that way. So we're always talking about, this is good. He's putting pressure on you, extreme pressure when he's yelling at you. That's awesome because you have to be able to notice your emotions going up and then manage them just like you're going to have to in a game when you get a bad call or something bad happens. And so I think that's a really big part of it. Like that's, that's, that's why sometimes it doesn't transfer from practice to games because the games are so much more intense.
1: Yeah, I feel like it should. I don't know if this helps Billy, but I feel like it should like sting either way. Like if you get blocked in practice, you get blocked in a game.
3: Like I agree with that. I don't think
1: it should feel either way. Like it shouldn't feel good. But I think in both scenarios, like if you're not problems, like, like you're gonna want to problem solve. If you're not problem solving, then it's gonna happen again.
2: I think the so, probability I mean, is you just don't care about practice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's. <it>. that's <laughs> just, I mean, that's an excuse. That's what it sounds. It sounds like it sounds like it's almost too safe of an environment.
1: Yeah, and I, I, could, I see what you're saying. Like, like well, I don't care if we lose in practice. I just want to get better. I don't think that way in a match. Uh,
2: yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's too safe an environment. I just, you know, I think it has to be a safe environment. I think it's really important. You know, that I you know are you challenging yourself enough to change, you know? And then like, how do you navigate through that? Cause I think like those are really good moments in practice. And if you feel, you know, if you feel like you're really pushing yourself and you're getting some failure and you're, you're trying to figure it out and you're able to steer yourself through that, I think that would serve, you know, that serves us all really well, you know, in competition. Cause that's exactly what it's like sometimes, you know, I think.
1: All right. So we've got, we got a couple more um, to wrap up. So for, for this one's for Tom, your first year with a new program at Georgia Wondering if you completely reshaped the culture, or did you integrate some of what was already there?
2: No, I I learned a lot from those girls. They uh, they were ready to work. They uh, they felt a they felt a deep sense of pride uh, in terms of being a part of Georgia, and they wanted to. Yeah, you know, there's a real rich athletic tradition there, and they wanted to add to it. Um, and they were ready to go, and they work. I mean, they, they put in long days. I mean, from weights 6:45 to tutors wrapping up at 8 p.m. Uh I w- I was really impressed by them. They they just wanted the information and they just wanted to get to work. So um I, I didn't reshape them. I just we were you know it was just uh adding what what we believed and what you know what we thought was the best way to do things and then and them getting out them just getting after it and us learning together. So I, I definitely didn't have to reshape them. They they brought a lot to the table.
0: And then uh Shane, last time we talked about mindfulness. Um and you gave us some examples. Are you still practicing this a lot? Has anything changed in how you practice it?
3: As far as my personal practice yeah. or with, uh, Your personal. Yeah. my personal practice, yeah, I, I try to do, I need to do more. Uh, I just found that out today. Um, yeah, no, I, I try to do it every day. Like I, I, I meditate every day. I get up really early in the morning to meditate for like 45 minutes and then I'll try to do it either at lunch or when I get home. And then just like we were talking about, I try to do it in, in every aspect. Like if I'm in a meeting with our staff, you know, and I can feel tensions rising or whatever, or. I'm trying to work on that and I'm trying to be present in all my conversations that I have, whether it be with players or whether it be with other people on our staff or, you know, over lunch with Tom Black on a (laughs) Skype thing, whatever it is, I'm trying to keep, I'm just trying to work on it. And, and there's ups and downs, like I was mentioning, but yeah, I I try to work really hard at it. It's something that, um, I really believe in and I've really seen the benefits in the last two years when I kind of committed to it. I think before that I'd been kind of off and on for like, I don't know, five, six, seven years, and in the last two years, I pretty much daily am going to do that. And then I, I also am going to go on like – I am try at least once a year to go on like a silent retreat where you get some intensive practice, um, which is good because it really elevates your baseline. And the other thing I found with like when you go on an intensive silent retreat is that you start to understand what's possible. Because you get in states of consciousness that you can't get in in your normal day life. And so it really motivates you to practice harder. That, that's been really big for me. It's just seeing what – saying, oh, my gosh, look at this other level that you can get to if you work at it. And that's really motivated me this entire year to to stick with it no matter what the situation.
1: I like it. So uh, I think we have two more here. My – yeah, let's see how this one goes. Do you guys – I'm wondering, do you guys ever question your principles and – I guess I'm asking because sometimes I, I feel like I'm doing some good stuff with my teams and then you lose to a team who you see who's like doing juggling in their warm-up and using maybe <laughs> some inferior methods and some frustrating things and then they come out and they, they beat you. So I'm wondering, does this ever make you question your beliefs or how, how do you – what advice do you have for me? <laughs> <laughs> Tom?
2: I, I think you should go first. I think you have more challenges to your principles in your in the environments you are in. That could be
3: yeah. – Um, momentarily I might, I mean, I know, I really believe in all the stuff that we're talking about. I mean, I do realize that it is a complex system. It's a dynamical system. So there's other factors that go into winning and losing and, and some teams may do it, do it, you know, what we'd perceive as the wrong way, um, and still get the results they want. But that's, that's just part of it because you're going to have different levels of talent and you're going to have different levels of luck on a certain day but to me, I mean, I think it's so grounded in science and it's so mm-hmm. grounded in my personal experience that I know in the long term, if everything is equal, that it's by far the best way to do it. Like, it's you're going to win games and, and you're going to get the results you want. Um, and you're going to put yourself in the best position to be successful on every play.
2: I take it in two parts. I, I definitely do not doubt the principle. I mean, you'll have... I mean, we're human, so we'll have thoughts where we doubt, you know, core principles. But in general, I've got... Great, great belief in these principles because they are so rooted in science, and um, unless someone can logically disprove them, which I'm all ears for, uh, you know, this these principles are, you know, just embedded in some deep, deep science. So I have a lot of faith in them, but. If that example happens, where some guy's juggling it on his feet, and he says how you know he never touches the ball and he still just you know beats the tar out of me, then the next question for me is like, what what is he doing that I can learn from? You know, what what ingredient is just just because I believe in these principles doesn't mean I'm executing them principally or sorry perfectly. And that and the person that's beating me might be executing the principle without even knowing it in a way that's better than me. So I, I do think uh, if someone's beating the the tar out of you there's something to learn from them. there's something they're doing and, and if you can figure that out and apply that into your principles you're even better for it all right that helps a little bit
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right to close uh what are you guys getting better at right now
2: uh I, i've been on a just a deep dive in the trying to understand culture better you know I, I think i think every year i try to take some concept that i've taken for granted and like really see if i can define it and if i can understand it and if i understand how it's applied and Um, so for culture for me, I've really taken a deep dive. I I told Shane, I feel like I've learned an amount of information and have moved two inches forward. You know, it's a, it's a real deep topic, but you know, uh, just personally, the, the more vulnerable I can get, you know, in my thoughts and, uh, and how I approach people and how I speak and, uh, the better learning environment I can create, the better I can be for my players. So that's been a big area of focus for me.
3: yeah. Tom's kind of taking me on his culture journey. So um, <laughs> By the that, that's been, yeah, quite a bit, but that's been really good. And then, you know, I'm still looking at, you know, like we talked about a little bit earlier, like the principles of motor learning, just continuing to discover more about those. Like like we were talking about with some of the books we've, we've read and some of the conversations we've had with Steve Bain about just kind of being a little bit more precise with, with that and, and figuring out some new models and just trying to work through um, some of the more technical aspects, which has been very helpful for me, especially in football, because like I'm in kind of a hostile environment when it comes to motor learning. I'm not sure that a lot of coaches believe in those principles. So I've worked really hard in the last couple of months to really understand the science behind it so that when uh, conversations come up, I can be more helpful as far as explaining the whys, why these work and why they don't and, and, and that type of stuff. So it's been a lot of fun.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks guys. It was a uh, great sitting in and hearing what one of your conversations sounds like. Thanks for letting us record it.
2: This was this was G rated. Yeah. <laughs> the kid gloves are on. on this one. Yeah. We want the real thing
1: sometime. We'll have yeah. to, maybe you guys can record one and we'll, we'll just post it. <laughs> okay, great. <Yeah.
0: laughs>
2: oh, okay. Uh, thanks play. for
1: having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks guys. Really appreciate for, it. Oh, thank you guys. We learned, learned a lot once again.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Coach Your Brains Out. You can follow us on Twitter, at Coach Your Brain, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Coach Your Brains Out. If you like the show, please write us a review and spread the word.